Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. What is the value of time when it comes to your money? Most financial experts preach that you need to consistently get rid of things in order to thrive financially, but does that really work? Well, in this episode, Tanya Brown, certified financial planner and owner of financiallythrivingmom.com, is debunking this myth, showing you why you should invest in your areas of struggle and breaking down how to simplify, organize, and maximize your money. Put that on a bumper sticker. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. 
let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. It's so great to hang out with you today, and you are going to be so glad you decided to push the play button on this episode. I have said it too many times to count, but being smart with your money is about way more than a 10-step checklist. Because a lot of the how-tos don't differ with money, but the why-you-dos do differ. Yeah, I just made up a word there, but you get where I'm going. So why would you build into your budget an extra amount for food delivery or childcare or Instacart? Easy. It frees up your time and lets you do the things that you need to and want to do in life. Tanya's advice in this episode is golden. Over her 18-year career, she's taught time-saving tips to help thousands, and she's helping you learn how to simplify, maximize, and organize your financial life so you can build financial security and create a life you love. Let's dive in. Okay, before we before we start talking about money, I've I've got to ask you a question. Where are you on your never-ending quest of the very best chocolate? That is a pleasurable and never-ending journey. Um, so, I could not. We do chocolate tours in cities if they have chocolate. So St. Augustine is next because St. Augustine actually has a chocolate factory. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a chocolate tour like that is always money well spent, right? You you just cannot not feel good after a chocolate tour. One hundred percent, yes. <laughs> I I love when there's there's always has to be some sort of humor mixed with money because um, otherwise, you know, we we all know that money can feel a little um, a little tiresome and weigh us down. So we always got to bring a little little humor infused in these interviews. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to talk about this idea of time saving when it comes to money because I feel like it's something we don't talk a lot about and I know it's it's something you're really passionate about. I I just read this article the other day that related happiness more to a factor of time than actually the amount of money you have which I know it sounds a little weird but it talked about like creating time and moments every day and how these spaces could remind you that happiness is not just solely you know, correlated to the amount of money in your bank account. I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on this, that idea of of time saving and uh, creating this space for happiness, I guess, with your money? Oh, I live for that. <laughs> so I'm a mom of tweens. So what I always tell people is I'm a little different. I am not going to tell you to go hide under a bridge and come out on free Tuesdays for stuff. I really believe that the best financial solution is that trifecta where time, the amount of money you can pour into something and what is going to save your sanity meet. I like that. And that answer looks dramatically different. And I can give you a personal example. Um, I don't know where I was when God was giving out the gift of a love of shopping. I hate shopping. <laughs> hate it. He skipped you, right? <laughs> he totally skipped me. Paying for Instacart saves me time and it makes me a happy mommy. I do not care if there is a slight surcharge, anything to avoid me connecting with a cash register. So that is an example of how I kind of, I tell people invest in your struggles. Mm -hmm. So you have the capability within your budget to invest in an area of frustration or struggle to free up time. And time to me is more than physical, it's headspace 
to be able to focus on the things you matter most, then that's money well spent. I like that a lot because I feel like we don't talk about that message very much. It's always about, like you were saying, save money, save money any ways you can. But but there is this, um, I think, freedom when you allow yourself to say, this is something that, just like yourself, Instacart, like this is, yes, I know it's an expense, but this is something that's going to create a lot of time and happiness and space in my life. And it's okay to to choose some of those things. it's. I feel like we just need to talk about that message more. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, when I do coaching sessions, one of the things I encourage, and you know, I, my heart goes out to single moms, so I demand this single moms. If we are creating a budget, I demand fund money. I don't care if it's $10. I don't care if it's $5. And my rule is it cannot be spent on their kids. So to me, they have to have that space to be able to use money for something that's enjoyment, of course, this overall fits into the budget. Um, like I had one mom, I mean, this woman was working two jobs, raising her kids, and she just wanted to be able to watch her favorite show. And I was like, okay, let's figure out a way to pay for it. You know, so I am not, so to me, it's you have to have that balance between what is going to get you to your financial goals. And once again, what is going to keep you sane and what's going to keep you motivated. For sure. Yeah. I'm always a fan. I tell people that you can find money in your bank account. It's just sitting there waiting for you. And sometimes people kind of scratch their head and look at me like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's ways of carving out money. Like you're talking about the fun money, but what what sort of advice would you give to someone who kind of ch- challenges or pushes back a little bit of like, how can I possibly find extra money to even allocate to those areas when I'm feeling maybe paycheck to paycheck or already financially stressed? Um, I tell people, have a little faith and try it. Um, sometimes for some people, it may be doing their budgeting in a way they hadn't done it before. Like, so sometimes I tell, sometimes getting outside of the pattern that you're used to doing something helps you to see things in a different way. So that's one thing I tell people to do. The other thing is, it's not about a dollar amount. It's about consistency. So it's agreeing that if they save $5 on a cable bill, will that $5 get allocated perhaps to savings or debt payoff? So I tell people a lot of times you walk into your goals in five and $10 increments and your finances become a barrier to those goals in five and $10 increments. It's not always the big stuff that makes the largest impact. Mm, I like that a lot. That feels really tangible. <laughs> what are some ways... Uh... What are some ways we can really like organize our money? Maybe it's each week or each month or just something we can do where we feel like we could free up a little bit of time and maybe move money from from feeling like a chore to something that we actually like enjoy looking after. Great question. So I'm a really big believer the first step to organizing your money is to actually know where it's supposed to go. So that's having a spending plan of where your money, what your money needs to do currently and what it needs to do in the future. I am a big believer. Remember that trifecta. Pick the spending plan that meets the time you can actually devote to it, 
the amount you can actually afford to put into it, like paying for a budgeting app and what is going to keep you sane. Um, I am the certified financial planner who hates spreadsheets. Nothing I have is a spreadsheet that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I have another friend that lives for spreadsheets. So choose something that is reasonably going to keep you on track. So that's the first thing is just choose a way so you can manage what you have. So you have to organize what you're spending. And I want to make it clear when I say a spending plan, this is being on bills. These are, I, I, I'm sorry, I think mom, so forgive me, but um, like kids' school expenses, groceries, those are budget busting things. So think through how do you do life in terms of spending and organizing your money to meet those needs. And once again, if you're new to this, it's consistency. I mean, the first time I ever really did a budget, I left out childcare and I just said, I think mom. So after you do it for a while, it'll catch on. So giving yourself the patience to do that, again, choosing a system you will actually do. And I don't care whatever works. If it is the, if it's just dividing it into that 50, 30, 20, if that works for you, great. I have one friend, she organizes everything by checking accounts. She sets up a checking account for each one of her categories. That works for her. I like YNAP. That works for myself and my spouse. So I am um, tool agnostic. I'm like, whatever is going to get it done. So that's the first thing. Once you have that done, um, one of the things that made a huge difference for me, I have a GOK fund, a God only knows, um, because I there's always something you're going to forget. There is always something that is out the ordinary. Some people call it a buffer. So even if it's a few dollars in there, when the unexpected happens, or again, just that little, that, that subscription you forgot about that's coming out, because you have that little buffer built in, it doesn't feel overwhelming. Oh yeah, I'm I love buffers. <laughs> yeah. Buffers make me feel safe and cozy and comfortable and when it when it goes away I have that that moment of panic. <laughs> yeah. And to also be realistic. Um I will hear going cold turkey is not realistic for people. If I have someone that eats out 5 days a week, I'm like, okay, how about we start with you only eating out 3 days a week? But the fact that they're going to go cold turkey we're setting ourselves up for failure. So take it slow. I like that advice. And I was going to ask you because because you do think, mom, I know we have a lot of listeners who are moving into that parenthood uh, stage in life. And I've, I've gotten quite a few questions lately from uh, listeners about what are the things that I should know when I'm expecting or right before I have a kid? And what are some of the ways I should maybe adjust my spending or my budget and I think, you know, a, a lot of people feel like they read articles and different things and they still don't feel quite prepared. So I would imagine you're never like quite prepared <laughs> for the expense. But what are some of the ways that you can kind of set yourself up maybe to be in the best position possible? Okay, great question. Okay, so with the thing that surprised me the most was maternity. Um, I went up a shoe size while I was pregnant. So I didn't factor in wardrobe, especially maternity business wardrobe is expensive. So if you're able to, like it didn't quite work for me, but if you're able to just get a couple of sizes higher than who than where you are, if that works for you, rather than pay for actual maternity clothes, that comes out cheaper. I did not know that a lot of children's consignment shops 
have a baby section. That was a revelation to me. Um, swapping clothes with other moms, which I did quite a bit because, um, you know, some of us are like ready to do when we're done. We're like, we are ready to get rid of our maternity clothes. We, you know, it is finished. So just swapping with other moms. So carving out an expense for maternity is one thing. Um, when someone finds out they're expecting, I also come from a corporate benefits background. So the corporate benefits part kick in, start to look at how you're going to be covered. Um, call your healthcare provider. Normally you have an idea by about six months, how much you're going to have to pay for delivery. And as much as we all want a perfect delivery, you're going to have to ask about both vaginal and C-section because they're two different costs. So find out what's the range of what you're going to be expected to, to pay um, in your area for birth. Um, anticipate the second you find out you are pregnant. Again, I I want everyone to have a healthy pregnancy, but if you are on bed rest and you have to claim disability, make sure you know who to call. What number do you call? How much are you covered for? And is that going to be enough to cover your needs? Um, once again, want to be, so to me, it's, it's thinking through, you want the best case situation, but if it's not, how are you going to make the finances work? And as I have lovingly told women, um, no one, the guest of honor does not care about your nursery. Um, They're seven to 10 pounds and they can't see. They don't (laughs) care. (laughs) So so you do not need to pour a lot into something in a room that quite frankly, your kid will probably not be in because more than likely they'll be sleeping with you for the first few months. And then by the time they have an opinion, as in the case with my kids, they hate everything you got in there anyway. So So you have to redo it anyway, right? (laughs) Going to have to redo it anyway. So I would not put a lot of money into the nursery. Again, the kid probably won't even be sleeping in there for the first few months anyway. Um, So that would be um, another consideration as you think through all of this. If I could go back, just for all of you who know someone that's expecting, the best gifts I got were gifts where um, someone gave me certificates to pre-cook meals. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Also, someone gave me free certificates for cleaning, just for anyone who knows anyone who's expecting. That would be awesome. Just that plug for the person who's pregnant. Um, But starting to think through those costs. Again, once again, from the beginning, when you find out you're pregnant, Start to reach out to your benefits department to understand um, what, how, like, how will you do this? Will this be a combination of short-term disability? Is there a maternity plan in place? How does that maternity plan work if it's a vaginal C-section? Those are two very different plans. What happens if you have to go on bed rest? When you start to get to about six to eight months before the, for all of you who are pregnant, you who are pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. Before the baby fog kicks in, um, there's like this fog that happens at nine months. How are you going to distribute work? So start to think about those things earlier rather than later. Again, once the child comes, you do not need a lot in the beginning. They are all they want to do is poop, eat, and sleep. They are just not. They're not interested in your color scheme. They really do not care. Um, and also give yourself some flexibility if it's your first with a time frame, you'll go back to work. Um, things change once you have the baby. I would definitely say focus on saving because there's so much unexpected. If you live in a really populated area, start researching daycares like immediately. 
Um, the prices vary dramatically from place to place. See how early you can get yourself on a list. Uh, but those are some things I would think about if I was expecting or had a baby. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, 
What are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks? Where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building our portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. So I just want to take a few minutes and give a shout out to our listener, Kevin, Kevin sent me a message and said, hello, Shauna, I've recently discovered your amazing Millennium Money podcast, and I've been seriously binging your episodes like I would a Netflix limited series. Really valuable information and insights to money questions, budgeting and investing in yourself and your time. I recommended it to multiple friends, and hopefully they can navigate their finances too. Keep up the great work. 
I've been so eyeing opening to hear about these topics that no one seems to want to discuss. Well, thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. I appreciate being lumped into the same category as Netflix. That is pretty cool. (laughs) As an avid Netflix binger myself, uh, again, I appreciate being in that category. And I think you bring up a really good point. I really want to destigmatize some of the topics for you. That has always been my goal on the show. And it, of course, it has evolved over the years, but I really want you to see budgeting, investing, and just thinking about your money from a completely different lens. So if I'm doing that, then um, I feel pretty good about that because we don't talk about these topics openly, certainly with friends or family, with partners. These just aren't conversations that feel really comfy to walk into. If if you listened to the episode a couple of weeks ago talking about awkward money conversations, I'm sure you would probably agree that something in that episode really resonated because they are awkward. There's no way to get around that awkwardness except just to to have the conversation, right? So whether you know it or not, we all have this relationship with money. And for most of us, that probably is usually a negative relationship. But I always say that it doesn't have to be negative. Why, Why does it just automatically have to be negative? Why do we automatically have to think negative thoughts about our money? What if we could change that? What if we could have a a different relationship, a better relationship, a healthy relationship? And so I always want you to ask yourself these questions, particularly if you're in that negative space around money, thinking about how has your debt served you rather than thinking about the number, the amount of debt you might have. Instead, how has it helped you either just survive, get through life, start a business, buy a house, provide shelter for your family, whatever it may be, go to school. How has that debt served you? And thinking about too, how have you learned from your mistakes? Like Mistakes are going to happen. They happen to all of us. But what lessons have you learned? That's the value in the mistake. That's what I really think. Have you even made some small changes with your money? So listening to this show, Kevin or whoever is listening, how has listening to this maybe just cracked open a window for you and helped to cultivate some small changes with your money? That's positive. That's a serious, serious freaking win. Is there a way to feel better about your money situation? So Whatever situation you're in, there's probably some area of it that you don't really like, that you wish would just kind of vaporize and go away. But is there a way to just feel a little bit better about it? Even if it's just momentary and like a fleeting second, that's enough. (laughs) That's enough for the win. And can you just see progress with your money? Can you just see, again, some small little change, some small little progress. Maybe you're starting to pay off your debt just little by little. Maybe you're starting to save for this amazing goal. Maybe you're just starting to not wake up and be so angry or so anxiety-ridden around your money. All of that is serious, serious progress. And so I think my goal is always if we can 
take some of the stigma away and we can start to have these conversations, maybe that might change the world. I don't know. Maybe that's like too big of a a theory for me to have, but I, I really think that might happen if we could start having these conversations and the conversation starts with ourselves. It starts with our own relationship with money and how we view money and There's always going to be times, again, where we get upset or anxiety or stressed out or frustrated or don't know how to put all the puzzle pieces together, and that's okay. But can we give ourselves enough on the other side of saying, look at what I am doing. Look at maybe how this debt has served me. Look at the positive changes I'm making. I think all of that helps to really create this this healthy mindset around money and then opens the door for budgeting and investing and all these other tools and tips and strategies that people talk about on the show. So just a little food for thought, Kevin, your your uh, your response in to me about the podcast just really got me thinking about this idea of us all kind of cracking that window and looking at our relationship with money a little bit differently. And if we did that, if we thought differently ourselves, how could that then empower other people in our lives, in our relationships, or with our siblings, with our parents, with our friends? How could that change things? I think it's kind of a powerful thought. Just sit in it for a minute and and see what comes to mind. And what about for um, those listening who are self-employed or run their own business and maybe don't have benefits, don't have three months maternity leave, is is it really just about let's save as much money as humanly possible before that baby arrives? Yes. And the reason you, again, I want every person to have a healthy and happy pregnancy, but if you have to go on bed rest, yes. Um, if you know, if by some chance you deliver early and you may need to spend time in neonatal with your child, yes. And don't do what I did. Um, I had just naturally assumed I would have a perfect birth. I just naturally assumed I would go back to work immediately. Well, um, you know, she just wanted to cook for as long as humanly possible. And it was a really difficult, it was a difficult birth. <laughs> so she stayed in longer and then she refused to like exit. Like I tried to give her eviction <laughs> orders and she would not take them. So that changed my timeline from when I went back to work. Because, and I was, um, and, and I was commission only. Because I did not bring this up, there was a lot of, well, you came back later than you said. And I I didn't think that I need to prep the people I'm serving so they're prepared for possibly a flexible schedule as to when I would return. Um, I started, I'm very glad I did this from the beginning. I deliberately started off half time, but now training your clients and to understand that you may not be as responsive that it may be a little bit longer than average because um, not everyone has kids and not everyone thinks that way. And I, and I didn't quite realize that. So just start training them now, but on the other end, start saving specifically because of just, you just don't know what's going to happen. That's such great advice. I love that. And I, I always love chatting with other certified financial planners like yourself. Uh, such great money advice in all different areas. Tell me a little bit about 
your money story, how you got interested in, in helping people with their money. Um, so my money story is a little weird. Um, I <laughs> isn't ours all. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up poor. We were on public assistance, heard absolutely nothing about money. I'm a veteran. So I was about 19 and I joined the military and I was lonely and depressed because I was far away from home. I was in Hawaii. So don't feel too sorry for me. <laughs> um, so I was, so then these three friends, you know, Visa, MasterCard and Discover came to my inbox to help me. And I thought, awesome, maxed everything out. And then they betrayed me with this thing called a bill. And I thought that was a loose guideline rather than a directive to pay them. So I kind of just disregarded. Well, when you are in the military and you do not pay your bill, they call your commanding officers. So you can only imagine I had a change of officer this poor, poor man who did not know me, his first meeting with me was meeting me. He was my sergeant. And then standing before the commanding officer, why well, basically explain why I was too stupid to pay my bill. Um, they had mercy. And they said, if I created a plan to pay off my bill, they will let me off lightly. That was the first time ever I created a spending plan. And honestly, it stuck. And so I, I kind of became fascinated with it, became a financial planner. But, you know, financial planning is more behavior than it is technical knowledge. So I still got myself into a pickle. Years later, made some poor, bad business decisions that compounded on a bunch of us stu other stuff. And we found ourselves to the tune of $150,000 in debt. And that is when I realized I had all the technical knowledge, but none of the behavior and really started to, to change my behavior. We got out of all of the debt. And that really fueled my passion to move from wealth management to really being able to coach people from all income levels. Because I tell people there is not a level of stupid with your money that I cannot match and do better. So I um, definitely approach this with a level of humility because I've been there and I get the shame. So for me, the big thing is, you know what? We don't make great decisions. That's okay. It's not something that's taught in school, but you can make better decisions that will collectively add up over time and will get you to a better place. Mm, yeah. Wow. That's, that's such a great story. Um, I think so many of us can can relate to a version of that. Is there maybe like one or two money lessons during that time that you really wish you would have learned, but that you think everybody else should really know? Uh, the mistakes I made was I made money decisions based on a future that turned out differently. And so what I mean by that is some of my decisions, particularly my business decisions, I made decisions without really having all the details based on a, oh, well, I'll just put this on credit because I'll get this bonus. I'll put this on credit because... Um, I know I'll get a raise and then my income dropped 90% in one instance. I did not get the bonus in the other instance. So the biggest lesson I learned is plan for the money you have now. That's one. The other thing, and it, this is logical, but we don't think this way. Life will have ups and downs. There really isn't a lot of shockers. If you are walking on this earth long enough, you will experience a job loss, a drop in income or a job loss. We know this. We don't know when, but it's probably going to happen. You will probably have a health crisis. 
you will probably have a car accident or a major repair on your car. If you're in your home long enough, you're going to have a major home expense. You're going to experience a major death. These are things that are going to, it's going to happen. We don't know when. And the key to a savings basically is to life proof you from these unexpected expenses so you can stay on track, so you can smooth out those bumps. I wish I would have gotten to that mindset earlier to realize how necessary that platform of that, that core of savings and living in a savings habit is to, as I say, life proofing the unexpected. Do you think you need to go through some things as a human, usually to arrive at that that mindset shift? Or is there a way to get there maybe before some of those bumps in the road? I find if mm, I find for some kind of depends on how you learn. I find um, if you just see someone next to you going through it, that's enough. Um, But if that's not your case, it's, I think the, the, um, the added urgency normally comes from a life experience, but you don't have to get there. If you just start by simply just sticking to that saving at least three months worth of expenses. And it's okay to get there. We got there five, 10, and and eventually the numbers went up at a time that the focus is consistency. So having that consistent habit of savings. The other thing that I didn't mention is what I wish I would have known. um, And I did not think about this is your, the categories in which you budget have to have boundaries. If your home expense is 60% of your take-home income, there is no budget on the planet that's going to fix that. So how the categories you spend in, there has to be boundaries so your money is free for life's unexpected expenses as well. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's a really good way to to think about things. And speaking about that, I I know that you're a big proponent, I am as well, about creating a life around what matters most to you. So there are Mm -hmm. a lot of rules and and different things when it comes to money. And I think sometimes we feel like we all have to do those things or we're not being perfect or we're not doing our money correctly, whatever that means. What are some some ways we could start really crafting our money around this this life that really matters to us? Um, I love the concept of thinking if you're having a conversation with someone three years from now and you're just delighted what's in that conversation about your life? Are you currently at your job? Are you not? If you're a mother, are you rising up the corporate ladder or is your heart's desire to be a stay-at-home mom? So really thinking through, and both are fine. So thinking through or having your own business. So three years from now, your life is great. What are the elements? Um, Where are you living ideally? Who are you with? How are you spending your time? Where are you giving your talents energy to? Again, is it at your current job? Is it being with your kids permanently or part-time? Is it having a business? And then from there, work backwards. Um, I, I, I used to joke that a lot of the coaching calls I got was almost like um, an exit strategy. So a, a common person I would talk to, they were making quite a bit of money. But like one couple in particular, both were super high income. He wanted to be a pastor and she wanted to be a teacher. And I looked at their income and I looked at how they were spending. And I'm like, this is going to be almost a fourth 
of a drop in your income and a fourth of a drop in your lifestyle. And they looked at each other, looked at me, and they're like, let's do this. They downsized, sold everything. They relocated because they realized they could not afford the life they want where they were. So one of the beautiful things is once they got clear about their purpose, how they wanted to live their life, they changed their financial life to fit their purpose rather than compromising their purpose to fit a financial lifestyle. And I think that's huge. Wow. What a great story. That is that is an awesome example. What do you think stops us from from doing that? I think a lot of people don't even get the vision quite in place. Like where do we where does it break down uh that step of really cultivating that vision first? Not taking the time to even think about it. I um I am really huge in carving out time weekly, carving out time quarterly and carving out time annually just to think of what my future looked like. And it's sometimes amazing to me that a lot of people never give it thought. So taking the time, carving it out like an appointment, to me, my thinking of my life is just as vital as a doctor's appointment or a meeting. I make it a priority. And just to think through, you know, again, what do you what do you see your purpose as? Like when you are dead and gone, what do you want your legacy to be? Or do you feel the talents you currently have are being used in the way that brings out the best in you? Are you living where you want to live? When you look at the time you're spending with your family, is this idea of taking the time to think about this? And if you're with someone, talk to each other. You, you may be surprised you're on the same page and never had the conversation. When my husband and I decided to sell the house we were in, it, it, it kind of, it was so weird. It, it, at first, we thought it was a dream house. And it's funny, we hated the neighborhood and we hated the house. It took two years for us to come together and say this because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. So I finally came to him and said, you know, I'm really not fond of this neighborhood. He's like, oh, gosh, I hate it here. And I was like, it took two years for us to have that car. And I was like, why don't you say something? Um, so have that conversation. You may be surprised. And also... I think a lot of times people worry about um, the details of how instead of just dreaming. I find sometimes if you dream and if you're open, the how sometimes falls in your lap in ways you never expected. But once you start to think of the details, you almost close yourself to seeing the possibilities of how this could actually be. Mm, wow. I really like that. I'm I'm a huge fan of just... Dream it. Don't don't put any limitations on your thinking. I think it it makes such a difference. It feels maybe a little airy fairy, but it just really allowing your brain to go there. I think is is so important. Well, Tanya, let's say that uh, I'm listening to this episode and I'm convinced. Okay, I need to make some changes with my money. I really want to simplify, maximize what I have, organize my money situation. What are some ways I can start doing that? today. That's funny. That's like literally my tagline, helping people simplify, maximize and organize their finances. That is so funny. It's a good one then, right? (laughs) Um, Start small. Like I find the biggest thing is people start big. Just start with one area. The foundation to everything is knowing where your money is coming or going. So the biggest thing to me is starts with creating a spending plan. Your spend to me, your spending plan ultimately is about aligning how you spend your money with the life you want to live. 
Is there a disconnect between the two? So that's where you start. And remember what I said before, if you're going to start with a spending plan, it's a spending plan that works and it has to meet those three things. It has to work with the time you have. It has to work with your budget and it has to save you sanity. And that is going to look dramatically different per person. So, And also be open to trial and error. It took me kissing a lot of frog spending plans before I found my Prince app. So give yourself some time to try out different things. Once you have an idea of what your spending looks like, it will tell you a lot. One, it will tell you what needs to change for you to move in a direction of your dreams. Two, it will tell you how much you really have to save and put towards goals, and it will easily show you some areas that you may need to change. But to me, having that spending plan, beginning, and and once you have that, then you can start to save because you actually know how much you can actually save. But that's the beginning. I love this idea. It reminds me of an episode that I did a couple years ago about spend money where you spend your life. So sleeping, uh, eating, all of these things where you spend big chunks of your time, why not spend some money in those areas to just upgrade your life, to do it a little bit better or to carve out more time? I think Tanya's message is just so cool. So look, if you want to connect with Tanya, here's how you can do it. So my um, website is actually financiallythrivingmom.com. Um, and it's just www.financiallythrivingmom.com. You can find me there. I'm also a writer for this amazing organization called Savers Life, and their goal is to help create financial wellness by getting people to save. They also have they have amazing content. They have amazing fun ways to help people save. But those are the two places where you can find me. you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.